My brothers and sisters in the Lord, there was an individual by the name of Fanny Bryce who lived in the early 19th century. She was at the time a very famous comedian, singer, an individual who also did some Broadway shows. Anyway, Fanny Bryce ended up marrying a pretty rotten man, a scoundrel. In fact, he was a professional gambler, and eventually he got in trouble with the law, and he was sent to prison. Now, Fanny had three children, and so she didn't want to tell the three little ones that daddy was in prison. And so, one Christmas, they decided that they wanted their father to give them a gift. And the gift that they wanted is they wanted a rabbit. For Christmas. Now, Fanny had told the children that their father was working in Paris. That's why he wasn't available. Now, we're at the beginning of the 19th century, my friends, so there is no email, there's no social media. It's easy to keep something like that quiet. And so she said to herself, I need to do something because the children want a rabbit for Christmas. My husband's in jail. I already told them that he was in Paris on business this whole time. So she had two rabbits shipped from Paris to the United States because she wanted to make it look real. There was only one problem. When that crate arrived, because remember, there was no air travel at the time. It came by boat. When that crate arrived, there were not just two rabbits. When that crate arrived, there was a multitude of rabbits. Because you know, rabbits do what rabbits do. And so the children, when they opened this crate and they saw all these rabbits jumped out, they thought that their father was so generous to them for Christmas. My brothers and sisters, I give you that image. Because as we are at the sport Sunday in Advent, as we're preparing our hearts and minds for the great feast of the Nativity, that Christmas, my brothers and sisters, is all about God's generosity. It's all about His generosity to each and every one of us. And we hear it in the Gospel today. The great scene of the Annunciation as the angel Gabriel appears to our Blessed Mother. And what does Gabriel say? Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and from his kingdom there will be no end. The great generosity of God, my brothers and sisters, is the generosity of sending a Savior. Because we were in need of redemption. The great generosity of God is that you and I, my brothers and sisters, are called to be reconciled to the Father through the blood of the Lamb. That's what we're preparing for. That's what we're getting ready to celebrate. This great generosity that God so loved the world that He sent His only Son so that we may not perish, but so that we may have eternal life, so that the Word could become flesh and dwell amongst us. And as we contemplate the great generosity of God in this waning time of the season of Advent. It also calls us to reflect 
on our own generosity? Are we a generous people? Are we a people who reflect the generosity of God? Do we give without counting the cost? Do we give to the very end? Are we willing to say like our blessed mother, I am the handmaid of the Lord, let it be done unto me according to thy word? Or do we say when God asks us, asks us something, hold on Lord, I don't know if I'm with that plan. I'll get back to you. Are we like Mary, the generous response of her yes, her fiat, to God's way and God's will? And are we open to generosity, my friends, even in the most unlikely circumstances? There was a family who was eating at a diner, a mother and a father with their newborn baby, a few months old maybe about a year, true story. And so they were sitting down to eat and they placed the little one in the high chair at the time and as they were sitting down, they saw a homeless man looking in to the diner from outside. He was peeking through the window and the baby's name was Eric. And Eric, upon seeing this man, began to have this big smile on his face. And the man was waving to Eric, and Eric was just laughing as much as he could. Now that was Eric's response. The parents had a very different response. The wife looked at her husband and said, what is that man looking at our child? Look how grimy and filthy and dirty he is. And so they continue on, and then all of a sudden the man comes in the diner. Apparently, the owner of the diner had known this man as a homeless man. So he sits in one of the pews and they bring him a cup of coffee. And there he's still waving at Eric and now he's doing peekaboo. And Eric is doing the same thing and Eric is just having a ball. He is just loving it and the parents, they're just dying. Because of this man. And so it was time for the dinner that came. The wife said to her husband, just hurry up and eat, let's get out of here. And so they ate very quickly, and the husband went to go and pay the check. And so as he left to pay the check, she grabbed Eric, and she kind of turned around so that her back was facing this gentleman, and she was trying to hurry up out the door. Well, you know how little ones, when they see someone that they really like, they have that baby stretch? And so as she turned, the man sort of put his hands out and Eric stretched from her arms into his. And she liked to die. <laughs> and there he was, Eric with a big smile on his face and this old man with tears coming down his eyes. And he looked at the mother, and after Eric was in his arms and gave him a hug, he gave Eric back to his mom, and he said to her, that was the best Christmas present that I have ever received. Now she felt really bad after. 
But you see, my brothers and sisters, the generosity of God is called to be lived out by our own generosity. But sometimes we limit our generosity, we limit our outreach, we limit the ways that God is going to stretch us because other people or other situations don't meet our expectations, don't meet our comfort zone. But you see, my brothers and sisters, we are called to stretch ourselves beyond that. Look at our blessed mother. She was out of her comfort zone. She knew the prophecies of the coming of a Messiah, but she didn't know she would be chosen as the vessel when that angel appeared to her. I mean, even she said to the angel, how can this be? But she trusted, she had faith, and she had a generous heart. And because of that, the Word became flesh. My brothers and sisters, as we prepare our hearts for the coming of Christ on the great feast of the Nativity, let us always remember that Christmas is about generosity. And it's much more than the generosity of simply material things that we get so caught up with because of the consumerism and materialism in our world. It's not about buying and giving, about who got the biggest gift, of who got the smallest gift, but it's about the ability, and you've heard me say this before, it's about our ability, my friends, to re-gift God's love. And in that situation, it's okay to re-gift. Because I know it's not okay to re-gift under normal circumstances. Because usually you're re-gifting what you don't want. What you're trying to get rid of. You know what I'm talking about? We all have that stuff in our closet that somebody gave us. And we say, oh, how wonderful it is. I just love it. I just can't have enough of it. And as soon as they leave, we throw it in the closet and shut the door. And so we can re-gift it to someone else. But when it comes to God's love and God's generosity, He loved us first. He was generous in the first instance. And he calls us to re-gift that love, to re-gift that generosity as we prepare for the great feast of Christmas. May God grant us the grace to, like Mary, may all of us be able to say, I am the handmaid, the servant of the Lord. Let it be done unto me, God, according to thy will.